said to him was, I said to him, I said, take that out of your mouth. You're not meant to suck it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, another one of your Welcome stories that ends that way. To <laughs> Welcome to um, the Outsiders podcast, um, where football and philosophy intermingle and do something rather special. Um, Sai, how you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. I, I mean, actually, good. judging by the feedback that we receive, we like to think that football and philosophy intermingles on our podcast, but actually, I think we managed to dilute both down to such a level that they're weaker than a Robinson's diluting juice. Well, the thing is, to be completely honest, the, the more I watch kind of video uploads of irate fans kind of like um, mumbling towards the camera saying you know, you don't understand what I'm trying to say, but I think to myself, we have dumbed down to the point of where um, I know some incredibly stupid people and even they've turned off um, because it, because it's too, it, it, it's, it's too low brow. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think this is, I think, you know, I tend to have the mentality of nothing ventured, nothing gained, but we have ventured into nothing and we have gained nothing. So today... I think um, we're actually going to focus on punditry. Oh, back to drinking again so loudly. Oh, someone's got. Oh, okay. Some people listen to this through headphones, and like that, that makes me doubly angry because I have. Um, I've, I I think we should move into. Are you familiar with ASMR? No, I, I don't know what that means. No, no. I I got to be honest with you. I'm not sure what the individual. I don't know. I don't know what the acronym means. But um, there's a legion of people that um, um, go onto the internet and onto specialised, specific gentleman websites, and um, it's just people speaking into the microphone, a little bit like this. Um, you're hearing me speaking now, and I can. <laughs> I'm what people? My tongue down your. Oh no! 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 <laughs> I think we should do maybe a football podcast where we do ASMR and football because philosophy's not working. So we should just be like, and Manchester United meet yet another stalemate. <laughs> See that? that I, don't, I, I actually find that repulsive. That's done something for you, that has. No, no, it's repugnant. It's absolutely it's repugnant. Um, yeah, I think that's the point in a way. Uh, it's meant to be kind of like kind of fingers down the chalkboard kind of thing where you kind of go, oh, and it tantalises you and touches you in places that you shouldn't. What are we talking about today? Well, I actually think today we, we, we're, we're going to focus on punditry and and actually okay. lazy punditry. Is that what we're doing now? I don't think we are can we, even call ourselves pundits. No, no. I no, think that's, that's far too grandiose a term for what we are. Um, commentators? No, not even close to that. Um, Idiots? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rogues, charlatans, morons. And, and they're cartoons. not our words, are they? They're the words, the words of, of our of, first um, and last time listeners. No, yeah, the words of um, King and Country, the <laughs> magazine for real men. <laughs> yeah. um, but we've got, I mean, I, I think today we're going to focus on punditry. Um, I'm going to burst into ASMR sporadically because I think that actually we'll get another seven or eight listeners just when they hear me read out the back of a kind of like packet of Mr. Kipling's when I, like, through the E numbers. E27. Oh. I still don't really understand what it is. It's you know that someone whispering. You know, if someone someone whispering sweet nothings in your ear, it's kind of almost tantalising. Don't like it's, it. It's kind of like, hang on, wait there. You know, you know what sums it up really nicely for me. I've tried to explain this to other people. This this sums it up. You know, where get get your ears on this. Oh. oh, 
that sums it up. It's, oh, it's, no. it's, more, it's suggestive. It's not. It's not. It's titillating. It's not filthy. It's just just going to a, a website. You know, just when, you know when you when your parents go out. Yeah, just go into um go into a website and have a look. Make sure you clear the cache before they get back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All just right. have a look at ASMR. I think it's ASMR. There's all kinds of it. I don't know anything about it. Certainly. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, great. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I don't even know where to go from there, to be honest. But um, no, okay. I think in, ter- in terms of like what's going to be happening today is we're we're um, we're sort of a, taking a break in between guests. So mm. we've had so mm. we've we've had a, a rich smorgasbord full of guests so far. So we've had Yust yeah. uh, van der Leij, who's um, a statistical philosopher. Um, who mm. we had a three part series with him, which was which was brilliant. And we had um, Helen Busby, um, the ex oh, yeah. um, uh, uh, women's football pro. Um, who used to play yep. for Leicester City um, uh, on last week. We're going to be speaking to a professor of philosophy. Young, ben, young ben Ferguson. Oh, uh, the man who, in the politest terms, um, tells us that even mm. by the questions that we ask, enables yep. him to realise how low our IQ is in comparison mm. to his. Um, so mm. he's going to be um, coming on in future episodes relatively soon, mm-hmm. um, as well as other philosophers and other guests too. But for this week, we've taken a bit of a, a break and we're going to be focusing on a couple of things. We're going to be looking at punditry. I think there's been there's been some interesting games tonight that have, I guess it's made both of us wonder about can a game of football ever be completely boring? And we know that the answer is yes. And case in point is Crystal Palace versus Man United nil nil. It's the second half. Uh, I've I've never seen such a terrible game of football. Um, I think there were three shots on goal. I, 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 you know the statistics from the best midfielder in world football right now, uh, Fernandez. He gave away sixty um, percent of the possession he had. Um, he was. Um, he was first in a lot of statistics, but just about passing to the opposite team and stuff like that. So, can I throw? Just, mm. Can I throw three games at you? And you've right. You've got mm. to convince me that we're not yeah. in a parallel universe where where th- this is not actually the Premiership. So, I'm going to throw three games at you that were played tonight with the scores, and everything about them tells me this this can't be the Premiership that that carries the largest TV money in the world that is one of the most successful leagues that's mm. ever been played mm. that players are clambering agents are mm. clambering to get their clients into that that people will pack out stadiums so here we go mm. Burnley won yep Leicester won I was reading that um, Burnley I think is about fourth or fifth in the country for the highest rates of illiteracy just thought I'd put that out there Leicester, which is colloquially known as the armpit of the Midlands. <laughs> by who? Again, colloquially in your street. <laughs> not by people from Burnley, because they can't read, apparently. Um, <laughs> she- talking about people like that. Sheffield United mm. won. Aston Villa, nil. Well, let me come back to Leicester. Um, Sheffield's, second, me- sorry, she- Sheffield's second club losing to Birmingham's third. <laughs> in the Premiership, <laughs> that's beautiful. Um, I 
the Leicester City situation is actually quite interesting because actually Leicester have got a pretty good kind of hands in the air. Like yeah, we're yeah, we're, yeah. we're putting out our third player for this position yeah. in many different play- areas. Yeah, yeah. That game was interesting because actually it was one of those where on ninety minute merit, like Burnley probably should have won. But when all said and done, you know the way that Leicester play, they, they kind of should have won mm. in a weird kind of way. Um, but it, it was woeful. It was woeful. Um, no Madison. No results. Simple as that, really. Um, the Villa game was interesting because um, Sheffield United... I've seen more threatening bags of marshmallows than the, the front couple of players for uh, Sheffield United. But that that's, um, that's a specific fear that you have. I can't take you into shops. No, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and we're going to come to that fear in a minute when we start talking about our, pri- our private regions. Um, <sighs> but, you uh, are obsessed. <laughs> well, you know... I'm, yeah, it's dire. It's dire, and then obviously Crystal Palace um, and Man United have got, I think, nine players out of contract, including their manager, at the end of this season. Um, a club slowly descending into what they always probably once were. To be honest, um, nil nil with Manchester United, the, who have got some of the greatest players um, in the Greater Manchester region. <laughs> um, I mean, tonight has been a truly dire, dire night of football, really hasn't dire. it? Uh, I, and the thing is, I'm all about you know. Listen, if Manchester United and Man City play, or you know um, Chelsea against Spurs, or whatever, and, and it's a bit dull, and, you know, a lot of people going on about how you know the top six are, are rubbish, and they, when they play each other, you know, they can't break each other down. Blah blah blah. So now. There's an argument saying that the chess matches that the the fine differences kind of make make the the kind of point that they are so good, and it's not the 1990s anymore. You're not going to get a four three and all the rest of it. But I mean, unless unless you're playing Leeds, unless you're playing Leeds, yeah, unless you're playing Leeds, in which case, although it's actually settled down lately, hasn't it? Can I Lots compare one one nils? Yeah. Can I compare? today's results and teams with Saturday the 13th of February um, <laughs> Leicester such a specific podcast. Three, Leicester 3-1 Liverpool Crystal Palace 0 Burnley 3 Man City 3 Tottenham 0 Brighton Aston Villa so what's going on Leeds United 2 Crystal Palace 0 and then we come to today mm. truly Dreadful, and and actually, you know, you know how the BBC famously is supposed to be impartial, and and sort of middle <laughs> down the line. The summation on the BBC website of the Crystal Palace Man United debacle is a genuinely shocking game of Premier League football comes to an end. Full stop, <laughs> and that's it. it. It's excoriating. Thing is, what what I would say is. Okay, so what, what what's going on then? It, it, I, I, the other day, for the first time, I was actually going to turn around to to my wife and say, um, "I'm not sure I want Sky Sports anymore. I, I'd rather pick and choose like the games that I watched and the games that I didn't, and yeah. rather go over a different package because I'm now saturated with the good, the bad, and the, the just downright dreadful." Um, and what it's, was in- it's becoming more often than not. What was interesting was Nemanja Matic's. Um, take on the game um when it was when the game was sort of um described to him in in a couple of sentences his response was palace played solid compact football (laughs) 
They won't take for their chances. <laughs> it's Nemanja Matic. He's a surprising man. His voice is different to his face because you'd expect Isn't him to be low. I expect him. I expect like a Dolph Lundgren situation. Yeah, no, no, you would think, but actually, it's surprising. Um, and um, <laughs> so he turns into a fasho sketch. Hey. <laughs> he looks like Dolph Lundgren. You think he's going to go? Yeah, he, he deserved to die, type of thing. And the next thing he goes, ah, but the thing is, right, you got to think really carefully, Panny. <laughs> they had the opportunity to win the game at the end. What was his accent? Um, it's sort of West End it's Serbian. Not that. West End Serbian. Okay. Um, we have to do much better. We have to risk more to, in attack to create more chances. See, even mm. he is just scrabbling in his usual erudite fashion. He's got no idea. And and uh. and actually, like the moment you're turning to Nemanja Matic to answer the yeah. questions as to why Man United, the biggest club next to Real Madrid in world football, have just drawn nil nil to a description of a place in London who happened to have a football team. It, 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 it beggars belief. I'm actually angry about the football this afternoon, right, this evening. <laughs> um, in comparison to that, well, how, how, how are you kind of feeling? Um, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure what the answer to this might be, actually. Um, how are you feeling about Man City at the minute? Do you, are, you, are, are you illuminated by them or are you seeing them as a cynical kind of machine that's kind of like grinding through the rest of the team? It's quite an interesting one, isn't it? Because um, it's, it's something that we've explored before um, with Bielsa's leads. Um, are they, you know, the all-action, really exciting side or are they actually just a cynical machine in terms of mm. like the players are, are just well-placed cogs? The, that yeah. turn the machine forward more. I don't know. There's something... When I look at Man City, I think about... I, I, and I go back to fajitas. <laughs> so, it's Saturday night. I fancy, <laughs> I fancy fajitas. I, I hit the old El Paso hard. Uh, <laughs> I've brought extra wraps. Um, oh, yeah. And so I, I'm, I'm about six fajitas down and I realise I've still got about a quarter of the mix left and a good third of the sour cream um, to go. So I make up I make up three more fajitas and put them in the fridge. Sunday is Sunday. You've got your Sunday roast. I managed to, in between everything, get another fajita down. Monday comes. Two fajitas are in the fridge. Still eat it. Still really nice. Tuesday. Tuesday. This is my my feeling about. I'm about to break into ASMR. Tuesday. Now this is Tuesday. Man City are Tuesdays for heater. I have had to skip lunch because I've been busy all day. I get home, and there is a fajita in my fridge. Busy doing what? Wandering around, shouting at homeless people. Um, Yeah, yeah. I'm starving. Lo and behold, there is a fajita in my fridge. In every Mm. situation, that's good. The realisation hits, though, that that sour cream Mm. and that chicken mix has been sat in that place, in that foil, for a good three days now. Is the lettuce in there? uh, The lettuce has wilted to the point where I can't even see it. The crisps crisps um... are no longer crispy. They've actually added to the mush. And as I bite down... The familiar flavours of this is good, this is tasty, this is nice are there, but then they're immediately followed up by a sour, slightly sicky, slightly 
too dairy-like flavour. And I look at Man the, um, City and I think everything they do is reminiscent of the great football teams that we all wanted to emulate. I the Saturday feed. The think, Saturday feed. Uh, yeah, exactly. Your Brazils back in the 80s. Your guacamoles. Yes, your um, Barcelona's under Guardiola, actually. Um, mm. The great Man United teams that dominated domestic football for a decade. But then you realise it's Man City. And it's and Tuesday. And it, it's, it's, it's the artificial nature of Man City. Just, it, you're suddenly, you, you're eating that Tuesday Did you see the quotation from Guardiola the other day? A, um, a reporter said to him, how is it that you managed to... Uh, to play so well and how have you managed to kind of come from behind in the league and now you've got this commanding lead and he said to be fair to him he's truthful he said we have many fantastic players that cost a lot of money (laughs) (laughs) and um, brilliant fair enough yeah Um, it's it's a beautiful piece of analysis Um, I I think you've fetishized fajitas to the point of now where the metaphor has fallen down and I think that you just want to have a feed <laughs> it's got nothing to do with football <laughs> I, I think you've actually hit the nail on the head um, yeah. I, you know I, one I, thing about the Tuesday fajita which is interesting and I'm going to make an, I'm going to draw the metaphor closer mm. is that your Gabriel Jesus mm. is, is, is that separation of moisture from the actual liquid in both the, the sour cream and the actual kind of like um <laughs> the coating of the chicken and so you have that slight pool slight pool of something which you you, you don't mind but you certainly don't eat is john is yeah. john is john stones the the suspiciously crispy um no, no, no. john stones john stones is where you've put a shaving of cheddar on there just because you want to mix it up mild um but it's mild gone cheddar. um no, no, it, but its exposure to moisture has made it go kind of like claggy and disgusting. <laughs> but you still don't scrape it out because you just can't be bothered. <laughs> and Aguero? Agu- no, Aguero's class, and I won't hear a bad word against him. <laughs> Aguero is one of the greatest strikers that's graced the Premiership. Absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. He's up there you, with, you, with the Drogba, is, a lot of, with Shearer. A lot of stuff on the internet about it. Oh, um, who would you rather have, Aguero or Shearer? Aguero. <gasps> That's he, shocking. Who would you rather have, Henri Aguero? Oh, you, you are outrageous. This is <laughs> that, that's outrageous. No, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. no. Uh, Henri, Henri, of course. Who would you rather have, Bamford <laughs> Aguero? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, at the moment, I'd have Bamford because he's scoring more goals than Aguero. But in in who would pro- you rather have, Dion Burton Aguero? <laughs> Dion Burton. Yeah. Do you mean Dion Dublin? <laughs> no, I mean Dion Burton. Dion uh, you're, you're Burton. Too, you're too young, mate. You're too young, old boy. <laughs> Dion Burton. Do you not remember Dion Burton? Not well enough to put him in front of Aguero. Well, no, I know that's uh, and and therefore that's why I call it a joke. Inevitably, it's led to this question: Kevin Davis mm. or Aguero? I think we all know the answer to that question. <laughs> well, I'm getting slightly annoyed with Kevin Davis. Um, He's failed to answer any of my requests to come on this podcast, and I would like to offer uh, an apology to everyone listening on behalf of Kevin Davis. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Davis has nothing to I've got an idea. I've got an idea. You ready? Yep. Hi, Kevin. Oh.
No. I don't like this. Do you fancy coming on? I don't. Do you fancy coming on to this podcast? <gasps> wait there. Hang on, wait there. This is the deal. This is the, this is the seal of the deal. What? <laughs> For Christ's sake. <laughs> Sorry, that was just lip smacking. Have you, oh, have you been on the juice? No. The orange juice. Let's draw our discussion to a close about the football tonight. Um, I think we're all in agreement that there are certain times where the Premiership is absolute dry. It, there's been fireworks in the Championship tonight. the 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 top six is 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 tighter than a Yorkshireman's wallet. It's it's just insane. The drama, the high scoring games, the tension all going on, and then suddenly mm. we're inflicted to a nil all draw. <clears throat> between Crystal Palace mm. and a bunch of zebras it looks like oh don't from Manchester they're so proud of themselves aren't they yeah listen let me tell you something um, I want to uh, something's getting in the way so I want to get it out of the way mm. yeah I want to talk to you very very quickly about the state of your testicles <laughs> <laughs> mm. no 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 this seems like it's not related but it completely is so one thing I'd like to say is that we have a um, a new sponsor on the podcast. Inexplicably. Inexplicably. Inexplic- <laughs> well, how explicable, if that's even a word, is it that anybody would choose to, um, to you know, uh, Kirby and West might want to you know, <laughs> get in touch with us or, I don't know, some kind of... Frey Bentos. Frey Bentos um, <laughs> guesting um, I can't wait there because I'm going to make a list of this and I'm going to get in touch with them Frey Bentos Kirby and West who else Old El Paso um, Brute, Brute Old El Paso yeah, yeah. Um, Denone have washed their hands with us <laughs> <laughs> I've gone down to the, the Denone path and they've well and truly closed the door on my face <laughs> now you actually we... reached out to Denone and that's the hilarious thing you actually reached out to Denone well listen I've reached out to all the big yogurt manufacturers. <laughs> I think because I think they do a great, a great job. You know, Muller never got back to me, and that's fair enough. I, I'd, I'd be disappointed if they did. Skier um, just spat in your face, virtually. Yep, 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 yep. Because yep. it's um, a criminal offence these days. Yeah, but we we are sponsored. Um, we we're sponsored uh, by Manscaped, which is. Do you know what Manscaped is? Why don't you I tell me? Because so, I. Well, <laughs> Um, well, what I would say is that they're supporting our show, um, and it's um, it, it, it's what I like to term as um, below the waist grooming, um, and that isn't you shaving your toes, okay? It's um, precision engineered tools um, for um, for your for your most valuable bits that you own. Um, apparently, they've got a customer base of two million men. Um, and you, I, and lucky old Jim back in uh, back in HQ, uh, three of them, mm. um, and they've just launched in the UK, and they're getting behind this podcast, well and truly, and to the point of where we now have a fantastic code that anybody who listens to this will be able to use um, and get twenty percent off of their um, off of their um, merchandise, and also free shipping. Um, do you know what the code is? Why don't you tell me, Stu? It's, it's no great quiz it's outsiders if you type in outsiders at www.manscape.com you get 20% off of their stuff which is pretty cool um so they've got what what have they got what have you got 
because you, you've got some of their stuff in you. You know what I'm quite excited about? Cool. Is that, you know, the trimmer that's like you've, you're spiraling in through your fingers right now? Mm. It's called the Quiet Stroke. Um, and, well, you t- take, take, take us home. You know, what, what, what's your thoughts on, on Manscaped? There's an absolutely lovely leather um, sort of wash bag that, yeah. that I've got, which, I'll be honest, is going to transform my <laughs> in-country Gentle. travels. You know I don't travel outside of the country. Very rarely outside you don't of the country. Travel outside of your street. Yeah, yeah. But when I do, but when you go and visit, you you know, wait, wait. When your mum and dad let you out to play, and you come back, you you will have, you know, you will be manicured. You will be manscaped. Um, well, I, but I, everything I'll, I'll be bringing will be in my beautiful leather wash bag. Love it. What else you got? I I, I know you should talk about the wash bag first. Mm. Um, I really enjoy all of, as you know, I like to moisturise. I'm a man of the world. Um, How much do we need to talk about this? (laughs) I feel like we've done a pretty good job already. (laughs) Okay, let's let's draw a line to this. The thing is, I've got to be honest with you, when I start thinking about your nether regions, I find it very difficult to move away from them. Um, What we say is we've got some amazing trimmers and like great um, conditioners and perfumes and all these kind of things and as you've just quite rightly pointed out the, the your your gem of it is a beautiful leather wash bag um all at 20 percent discount with the code outsiders at manscapes.com um so uh, get about it yeah brilliant um yeah moving on your you know just before before we move on yeah i would like to say that you have been. You, I, I can almost see a difference in the way that you walk since you've been manicured. <sighs> your head is high, your stride is long, and your gait is positive. That's just the corset I'm trying out. Um, <laughs> Good. Let's leave that there. Roy Hodgson has been on the line. <laughs> what is the what is the corollary between Roy Hodgson and my testicle? <laughs> <laughs> They both look eerily similar. I, I don't know which one. I don't know which one to shave. <laughs> but when they're both shaved, you can't tell the difference between the two. No, no, you can't. You can't. <laughs> Although I would like to say my ball bag is not as wrinkly as Roy Hodgson's face. And I don't want people to go and try to shave him. Just leave no. him alone. No, no, don't manscape his face. Um, That's not great. Roy, Roy Hodgson has thrown some shade at Man United, which I, I love Ooh. this. Okay. They've spent an awful lot of money. I can't. I, what, what are does, you what doing? What does he sound like? I've forgotten what he sounds like. He, he sounds like Why? a wide boy, Why? like a like a cockney wide boy. Yeah. Why? Uh, well, the thing is, yeah. Well, what you got to Why? think about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you've got me a fair bit. They've spent an awful. You're taking the piss, mate. You're taking the piss. <laughs> they spent they spent an awful lot of money to put a quality team together. We limited their chances to relatively few. If if anyone said to you before you draw nil nil against Manchester United, I'd be delighted with it. You'd have to be Burnley to get those plaudits. <laughs> <laughs> He's done two things. Um, should we do a bit of a conversation between Roy Hodgson and, um, say, I don't know, um, Paul Lintz? <laughs> See, oh, the thing is, though, Roy, the thing is, though, Roy, you've got to think about these things, don't you, Roy? You've got to think about these things, don't you? No, well, I appreciate what you're saying, but you've got to score the goals. You've got to score the goals. <laughs> well, one of the few teams in the league to make a profit... In the transfer market, in a time where I've been here, we have been against a team who have spent 
half a billion pounds. They're entitled to have better tea. <laughs> Chinese. But I'm very proud. <laughs> Chinese. <laughs> are you so silly? Why are you saying these things? <laughs> <laughs> they should never see the light of day. No. No, you've just done Roy Hodgson as an old Chinese man, by the way. That's why I say that. We didn't just keep them at bay, we asked them questions. (laughs) Now he sounds like an extra from Hello Hello. Okay, what point are you trying to make? He's he's throwing shade. He's made a couple of really interesting comments here. He's like, he's basically said Man United have just spent a whole load of money, half a billion pounds, and we we mixed it with them. And then he was like, you'd have to be Burnley to get those plaudits. It's, yeah. it's like, it's incredible. Um, Can I just put a couple of things out there, like just to tiptoe along the philosophical route? Um, part of obviously philosophy is the um, the need and the contentions behind rhetoric. Okay, and two things appear often in in football, both in punditry and in analysis of the match of, of the game. Sorry, um, one of them is confirmation bias, obviously. Um, and the other one is false equivalency. So should we just work for a couple of those and maybe reference some places where they occur? Um, you yeah, just kind I, of tiptoed on on that. that that's that's quite yeah. nice. And, and maybe we should cue in um, our, our favourite ex-manager um, because he, we, we know that Big Frank, large Frank. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he we can Frank. tell that he you know when he he, like, was, he likes to use the word confirmation he, bias, doesn't he, he? He'd gone. He, he obviously what what he'd done is um, he'd obviously picked up. His missus thrown like I don't know, put some newspaper down for him in the toilet so he didn't make a mess or something, and um, he just read a couple of the words that were put together and uh, he probably looked in the mirror and trained himself, you know, you know, confirmation, you know, one one syllable at a time, yeah, um, and then he came yeah. out in, in an interview with that wry kind of smile that he has and went, wow, <laughs> God, it's all happening now. It's it's confirmation bias, isn't it? Or whatever. That was a bit David Beckham, but you get my you get my gist. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was like was I'm not sure he understood what he was saying. I know he um, didn't. I think he may have asked an adult what confirmation means and then asked a different adult what bias means mm. and then thought by putting them together that meant something. Yeah. But yeah. Well, on, actually, he was asking seen. himself in a mirror. Yeah. Um, so so what what do you... You, you said that I... I <laughs> what, I've, you're looking in the mirror? I, I've sort of orbited. I want, can will you be my friend? I'm your friend. Will you be my friend? Yeah, I'll be your friend. I can confirm the bias of your friendship. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so, so, so take take us away. So, how have I, how have I, how have I skirted around confirmation bias? And, and what well, no, is it's it? just what that thing it? of. Okay, so um, it's interesting actually because I was reading some um, bits of research this week about. A, uh, I, I won't, I won't say what, but I was just reading some research, and what I realised was that I had ten pieces of research. And um, I put four of them in the bin immediately because they didn't conform to the things I wanted to prove. <laughs> so, so this this actual research because it yeah, didn't absolute, align. It didn't align with your fevered imagination. You just didn't even bother <laughs> no, to read so them. I was trying to prove. So, what I did was I went with an idea mm. to research. I found five or six pieces of research that absolutely, you know, confirmed to me that what I was thinking was true. I found four pieces um, that. Either questioned it or, or openly undermined it, and I just popped them in the bin. Yeah. And so confirmation bias is it, it, that's that's that in action, isn't it? It's the sense that um, you you start off with a narrative and then you you find lots of bits of evidence to prove it, despite their 
being kind of evidence to the, quarter, to, to the to the to the um, to the opposition country. Yeah, yeah. country. Yeah. Um, so that happens an awful lot in football, and false equivalency kind of like fits in with that perfectly. So it's that sense of, um, for example, um, I don't know what. Um, so if I go to, for instance, um, I'm just going to go into Google at the minute because uh, I'm not an encyclopedia. So teams that have won the Premiership once, put that in, okay? And we have Blackburn and we have Leicester. And so false equivalency would be for someone to say, well, Blackburn and Leicester must be of the same quality of club or size of club on the basis that they've won the Premiership once. Yeah, and and it it can also go false equivalency can go all the way down into different scenarios as well. Yeah. So you could have the same action, but in two entirely different scenarios. Yeah. And you would be then drawing a, a false equivalency. So you could have um, you could have a situation. Yeah, it works on anything like morals or, yeah. or standards across the board. Yeah. Yeah. So so you could Can have you give an example. Well, an example I think in terms of false equivalency in in some ways would be yeah would would be imagine a player goes down um, in a yeah, game. Yeah. And I knew you come back to Grealish. Well, <laughs> well, imagine a player goes down in a game. And yeah. um, a team plays on, and yeah. <laughs> and scores. Yeah, it, it, that in itself seems like a relatively easy replicable. Is that a word? Recli- rec- it is now. You could replicate it. Replicate it. <laughs> Replicable. Um, you could do scenario. It again. Um, yeah. But actually, each one is is slightly different. Has that player gone down yeah. because they're genuinely injured? Has that player gone down in the 89th minute whilst their team is 1-0 up? Has that player yeah. gone down because their ha- head is hanging off the side of their neck? You know, and yeah. so the false equivalency would be to, to draw all those scenarios as the same one. So we should always play on in those situations or we should never play on in those situations. Wasn't that team awful um, and morally reprehensible for playing on or wasn't that team stupid and naive for stopping and play, you know, all that sort of thing. So I think yeah. there's, for confirmation bias and um, for um, false equivalency, I, I think football's rife with it. Um, I think, I think you know what's being, interesting as well? surely being a fan is being a victim of confirmation bias. Um. It depends, uh, you know. It depends. We all know, really enlightened people that are largely unaffected by some emotional parts of um, of football, despite the fact that they are passionate, like almost privately, that their team wins. Um, but it's few and far between because so you have to buy into the faith aspect of, don't you? You have to buy yeah. into the, to the story of your club that you're always hard done by, or you like to take the piss because you always get the decisions or, or whatever. Yeah, and it's that I think confirmation bias is seen really interestingly in Man United supporters, many of whom seem to think that the majority of refereeing decisions go against them. Well, you know what that wanders into? That wanders into the Mandela effect, doesn't it? <laughs> that sense of um, have you heard of the Mandela effect? No, I, I was sitting in horror waiting for you to segue into his accent. <laughs> Imagine Mandela in ASMR. <laughs> no, I can do a Mandela, but you know what? Because we live in live in the times that we do, I'm I'm not brave enough to go there. The, um, Tell me about the Mandela effect. The Mandela effect is this idea that large groups of people remember something different from how it actually was. Yes. 
Um, the reason it's called the Mandela Effect is because people, for whatever reason, huge groups of people can't remember him dying. Um, and so they believe that he didn't at that time. And we know that um, that's insane. It's interesting, actually, because I'm reading a book called The Madness of Crowds, which kind of talks about the um, the way in which um, the way some people believe um, becomes infectious to the point of hysteria. So the, 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 there's there's this thing in there where it talks about um, it talks about all different facets of, of life, and and it's quite interesting. Actually, I might um, we might bring it out to do a, a podcast on it because um, it talks about the stock market and stuff like that, um, and uh, but there's something there about faith and belief, and the, there's a direct correlation between the more unbelievable something is, mm. the more it's believed. Mm. Um, it's like a false. It's like a false memory attached to a false ideal, and, and that and that and that must be so infectious for football crowds, and, and for groups of football fans. I think actually people uh, are so credulous when 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 approaching sport. Full stop. Let alone football. You know what? I think they, we... they, 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 if I said to somebody that sat next to me in the football crowd, you, "Do you know that Manchester United have averaged a penalty every forty-five minutes?" They would believe me without without questioning it. Yeah, uh, but I think it goes even deeper. Um, I, I remember the last game that you and I went and watched. Um, referee actually had a pretty decent game when when you look back, but every single decision he made, because he made one slightly contentious decision at the start, was seen by thirty five thousand people as as literally every decision every time he blew the whistle every time he made a decision mm. it was the incorrect one and actually it was even more of a nail in the coffin when actually what yeah. was playing out in front of our eyes was a consummate professional doing their job actually very effectively and mm. and outside of the crowd when watching the game back on my own and actually watching it with the benefit of of video technology it's like he actually had a really good game but I remember the spitting anger that thirty five thousand of us had. It was it was that yeah, it was a collective credulousness into the myth that this man had woken up in the morning and decided to lose all sense of professionalism and just punish one team because he didn't like them. And yeah. and, and, and there was that palpable sense. I think if you'd have if you'd have asked any single one of those thirty five thousand, do you think that referee like hates this team? It would have said yeah. yes at the time. Is, is that kind of the, the Mandela effect? And I guess it, it fits into the, the sort of confirmation bias because when he then does make a, then he then makes a decision that goes against your team, it's further confirmation. And actually, you almost then kind of forget the times that he awards a throw into you, or actually a contentious decision fifty fifty goes your way, because you're almost waiting for that confirmation that when he does something against it. The thing about all of this is that any good experiment has to have some form of continuity in it. And all that football has is variables. So all it has is players and crowds and referees and, you know, all humans that get things wrong all the time. Um, and so what you're desperately, you know, the human imagination desperately lunges towards um, honesty and truth. And so you, you back your tribe because how can your tribe possibly be lying about things? So when your player rolls around the floor, I'm almost positive that the entire the capacity of Aston Villa's fan base when they're watching it on TV or in the ground they think that Jack Grealish is injured and they don't make any d distinction between him rolling around on the floor or acting like he needs his leg amputated and then him running at, you know 35 miles an hour or whatever towards the goal yeah <laughs> 35 seconds later they don't make they, they're two different events yeah 
I mean, it, it, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because, I mean, as rambling podcasts go, I think this is probably our most rambly one. But we've actually this touched upon something awful. quite interesting. That, that uh, part of the reason that we... Well, you know, apart from the highlights of you smacking your lips... Um, uh, but actually, what we've we've realised, and, and and it sort of sits at the heart of why we talk about what we do, is is football is actually an arena that plays out so many philosophical concepts: the Mandela yeah. effect, confirmation bias. Um, you you also look at the the individual versus the group, massive mm. tribalism. What's always fascinated me particularly is like looking at um, Trumpian politics, for example, over in, in the US, is that um, diehard Trump supporters who are people with jobs and brains, the ability to drive cars, um, were willing to believe some of the most crazy things because they almost have made the conscious decision the the group identity is more important than the individual so you've got this sort of idea of this individual screaming like no this is all nonsense this can't be right but actually the group identity is stronger it's almost like a hive mind and you look at that in terms of football it's like aston villa is a hive mind liverpool is a hive mind okay listen 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 let me let me let me test you on this then okay we're going to come back to hard philosophy here let me test this on you um <clears throat> so the, obviously the two philosophers that kind of have quite an open um, view on the difference between the individual and the group are you've got obviously Immanuel Kant who t- spoke about po- probably like the the originator of like human rights if I'm being honest like the guy that said um, your individual um, ability to have autonomy over yourself and how society should treat you as an autonomous being um, are sacrosanct like that? That should never be taken away from you. The, yeah. So it's basically the sovereignty of the individual um, yeah, above yeah. anything. So any decisions you make should be based on how it affects the individual rather than any form of uh, artificial yeah. group. And then you've got the likes of Jeremy Bentham, yeah, who um, who spoke openly about this idea that. Well, I like to boil it down to say, like, basically, he he, it was like a democracy of the soul. He basically said. Um, if most people are happy, then everyone's happy, and that's how life should work. Um, so, the contention that everyone has, if they're listening to this, or, or they're making their way to a football ground, or whether they're going to a voting booth, or whether they're going to the supermarket, or paying their taxes, or whatever, is the whole thing is how do I fit into this big picture, and who am I as an individual? So, how do you, how do you see yourself in that? What do you? What do you? What's your? What would you move towards in terms of that? What's really interesting is um, it depends on the scenario. Um, I actually find my individuality is washed away the closer I get to a game and the closer I get to the stadium. So I often go into football games um, as an individual um, with alone. You mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah just one but but like actually with my own ideas of this is how the yeah. game's going to progress this is my my thoughts see i think i'm more i'm more like that than you and we've spoken about this in the past yeah, yeah. That if i see someone being fouled on on our team let's just say mm. our team um i'm like oh that's a foul and if i see one of our players finest one i go oh that's a foul right? but i i it's interesting because i'm like that in absentia but the moment I'm yeah. there in the stadium, there's that. 
it's just that sense of belonging like i'm a, i'm in exile from 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 the city in, in with the team which we support in that like i for a long time i was i was living 400 miles away mm. and so there was also a sense of homecoming as well and and yeah. i guess that's this, that there, there is that desire to to have that group identity because there's safety in the group identity safety in the herd there's safety in that um because your voice is suddenly amplified 40 do you find yourself times. castigated and ostracized on the basis that Sometimes I feel in the middle of a football crowd like I am definitely alone in as much as I'm being completely sensible. And yeah, I but it, find it very difficult to be injected with that euphoria of yeah. uh, um, rage. Well, I think in some ways, I think in some ways as well, it's, it's almost like, and I'm sure people for, for all the different clubs, particularly for those that actually go to the games, there, mm. are, there are rules and there are are social stratas of those and if you behave in a certain way you are part of the in crowd a bit like mm. an american high school in a lot of ways it's like mm. unless you throw yourself around in this part of the stadium uh, with well, your top off yeah. whenever the, your team scores yeah. then you're, you know what? you're i always plastic. expect when, when i go to the football i always expect someone on the gate to go no nah, mate not today <laughs> like a club that, that you're not on yeah. the list for yeah, because I'm like standing there, like I push my glasses up my nose and go, "Please let me come in." And you know, there's no, it's not whether I've got a ticket or, or anything like that. It's just like just look me up and down and go, mm. "Not, not today, mate." <laughs> yeah, and 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 I, I wonder if part of that exclusivity is will always be a limiting factor. For I mean, we've got precious few friends um, at all, but those few that we do have You've got none. that don't, yeah, well, those few that you have that don't like football. Yeah. There's a sense that actually there will never be a point where they suddenly have this Damascene moment and say, oh, actually, I quite like this and I want to be a part of it. Um, because actually, even were we to get them to darken the doorways of a stadium and to come in, it almost yeah. feels like there's a separate language. And and for yeah. those of us who who aren't season ticket holders in the right yeah. area of the ground, yeah. there's always that sense that you're not the true fan. Yeah. And and that would, for me, eliminate that element of the group think and that element of the, you know, the top level, um, yeah. uh, I'm f- fully part of this herd. But it is really mm. easy to, to get, get caught along with that. Yeah. It's, it's a funny thing. Like I, I actually, like, I know it's a bit of a point of contention between you and I, but I, I don't ever really wear, I, I, I own loads of versions of the kit of our team. But I very rarely wear it out, and I, I don't even wear it when I go to the games. Um, no. But I wonder if maybe there's an element there of railing a little bit against that groupthink and actually trying to remain slightly individualistic. Still love the game, still part of the team, still you know attending yeah. the match, still paying my tickets, you know, for all of that sort of yeah. stuff. But for some reason, I just I've got this thing where I'm not I'm not going to wear the top, and and it's not because I'm ashamed of the club. Yeah. It's not because I'm ashamed of the top. It's just that I just maybe that's that that sort of the individual voice yeah. is actually saying, you know what, I'm still sovereign here. Who knows? I don't know. Mm. But it's, it, it's, it's an interesting environment because I've seen people who are calm, rational, normal folk turn into animals whose behaviour would be truly shocking, like in yeah. any other scenario than, than in, that, in, in that stadium. Yeah, what, I, what I find quite interesting is that um, it does strip away every single other social aspect of an individual to the point of where you see um, people of, of, of whole variety. And the thing is, 
you're tempted to believe that it's <clears throat> it's a freeing thing when in fact it's almost like oh look they've locked up a lawyer as well as a street sweeper or what do you know what I mean like it's it feels like a different kind of prison really and it's something that I find deeply uncomfortable um, yeah I, 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 when I go to the football it is a bit circus like I, I, I do feel like I'm not welcome um, and I do feel like um, I do have behaviours well, that, that are specific to that place awesome. which is which I never do in any other part of life but I'm almost like you know here's someone behind you yeah I, I just I feel I don't feel entirely comfortable there and, well, and I don't know if that's my failing or the failing of um, well, it might also um, be down to the toxic fact masculinity it might, it might be down to the fact that you often turn up without wearing any trousers the thing is, when I manscape myself, <clears throat> I often feel that forty thousand people should look at it, and then they won't. You know, when they're at the chicken counter in Sainsbury's, they will have very different emotions. <laughs> they do um, because it's actually a crime. Um, I want to just quickly talk because we've got about we've only got about five ten minutes left. I, I want to quickly yeah. talk about um, the state of punditry in yeah. our, our our game because. I am getting more and more sick of lazy, half-articulate, nonsensically oh, speaking, good. Um, ex-pros quite often, who are just, they're sort of, they're wheeled on to, to have really ill-informed opinions. It feels like at the moment that punditry and the, the directors and the, the producers of Talk Sport and of Sky Sports, of even the BBC, fall foul of this, are realizing they get more clicks, they get mm. more um, more noise created when they get a moron on to say stupid things. Well, the thing, the thing, the alarm bells for me are that every now and then you get someone completely sensible, and then you don't see him again. Yeah. Um, and they get replaced with half-brain, half-wit idiots that. Just say inflammatory stuff for the sake of it, it becomes a clickbait. It's it's, it's hilarious because you'll have you'll have Gary Lineker, who who actually mm. is a consummate pro, and you'll have Gary Lineker that will be like, right, well we've got a real treat for us today. We've got um, we've got Bernie McDoodle who um, played for Cowden Beef for hey. for four hundred games and turned out for Scotland. <laughs> McDoodle. It turned out for, for Scotland for three games at right back. And now yeah. he's going to tell us how Friendlies Pep, Pep, against Guatemala. Yeah, how Pep Guardiola has massively yeah. overachieved. Oh yeah, yeah. well Gary, it's just simple <laughs> because when you look at the players at his disposal, he's just got weakness across <laughs> the squad. I mean, you can't yeah. trust Aguero to score goals. It's like and then suddenly that's now got everybody talking about it. It almost feels yeah. deliberate. It's like McDoodle, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, and and it turns into um you know, you remember when we used to, as kids, you'd have like um, Jimmy Greaves on the football or something, yeah. And it, it would just be like one cliche after another. But he was so charming and so well informed about the general, you know, the, the great one of the greatest strikers of, in his first using him as an example, yeah. like ever. Um, and and you knew that the cliches came from a spot in his mind where he, he was then interpreted by a, a great pundit, yeah. Um, that, that kind of like had the, the you know the discourse, but now it's 
just cues you know I, I, I got, could name we, drop we actually, I'm not going to we, like no, Paul Merson well we've got <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, we've Paul got... Merson, who looks like he's just uh, Paul Merson, has a delay of speech of someone that has been had his head smashed into a wall and then asked his question immediately, <laughs> and and then he's desperate and it's like I've got I've got a fiver I've got your payment behind my back if you speak more quickly as you talk exponentially then you're more likely to get it and he he gets rushed on stuff and then he changes his attitude from Monday to Monday yeah it's yeah. like. What's it's completely opposite, and it's if you told him, if his therapist said to him, "By the way, Paul, you know, last week you said that they were dreadful, and now you're singing their praises," he'd go, "What? What? <laughs> who? Who are you? What? What's this? Oh, it's my right hand hitting my face over and over again. Yeah. He, he's just an idiot. Well, the, There's so many idiots. Talk but, sport. Don't talk, don't get me onto talk sport. But it's like there was a perfect example of that recently, where Roy Keane and Jamie Redknapp were Oof. were were having a ding dong battle. But what was hilarious is. I'd love to see that. Roy I'd love to see um, Keane's, uh, Keane's dong against <laughs> Redknapp's ding. And I'll tell you what, there's only one winner there. Well, there was only one winner in that conversation. Roy yeah. Keane was speaking absolute sense. And he was, just being, he was just being met with, with this, this sort of... Confirmation bias. Confirmation. And then on top of that, you know, we've, we've spoken before about, I think it was um, Alex Scott, making really yeah. clear and concise points... While Paul Ince, one eye buying a ticket, another looking for a seat, just spitting the same tired cliches. Right, let out. me tell you about that because uh, that was incredible. I'd never dive. seen that before. I'd never seen that before. I'd never seen that before. And it was, it was a discussion about Giroud and um, and about his complex role within the Chelsea setup. And she was saying this fantastic. Again, I I hadn't thought about it. I thought it was really great. And I'm not saying that because. I'm some snowflake that says whatever, but it just so happened a woman said something that was utterly fantastic, and she was saying Giroud kind of works off of people and he brings people into the game and whatever. And Paul Ince, and I, I rinse this kind of like uh, impression, uh, you know, in, outside of this podcast, but he went, yeah, but the thing is, right, is <laughs> that <laughs> it's got to score the goals, you know, it's got to score the goals. And she was saying, I understand what you're saying, um, but. Look what he does for Hazard. Look what he does for Mount. Look what he does for the. And it was, you know, it was a little bit old. You know, Hazard was still playing for them, and she was making these really cogent, kind of like logical, kind of like steps towards understanding him as a whole player. And he's like, yeah, but the thing is, right, he's got to score. The, he's a striker, right? So he's got to score the goals. And then he looked at her like, you know, it's what I said to you before. He looked at her like um, it was his daughter on work experience, like, and he's like, and he almost semi rolled his eyes at the male presenter. Yeah, it's all very good and well, but gotta score the girls. And obviously, Paul Lentz has had a magic, magic kind of like managerial experience. It's oh. really put everything to rights, you know. It, it, it's. I, I guess it, that's that's the end of my rant. Really, I, I just think. Yeah. Exactly. Pund, pund, I think we're in a, a point where punditry needs to improve massively. I just don't know how. Other than um, the, 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 the answer to everything is education. Surely. <laughs> what we need to do is we need to go on a campaign. People need to give us, give us examples of really good mm. punditry, and then we just need to sing to the rooftops about that person until they got until they get on it. Um, I, I'm a bit, who's your favourite pundit? Who's, a, who's, who's the one you, you you look for? I'm a bit biased. I like Pat mm. Nevin. <laughs> Pat Nevin's brilliant. Um, yeah, he, he, he says things quite quite <laughs> quite measured in a way. I um, mean, we are two impressions away from a Muppet show. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I, I, the other one as well is like 
is like my boy, like Jermaine Beckford, because he sounds yeah. like he's about to say like, lads, let's just like res it on the town. Like, you know what I'm talking about. But then like every so often he talks about uh, the run that was made here, created the space on this side and it just created an overlap, which meant that this team could create more chances. And that's why he was doing that. And then he goes right, back he to the lads, lads, lads. But like, actually Jermaine Beckford for me, because he, he's also got no fear. Like, he'll be talking to established pundits and he'll just, like, openly yeah. disagree with them. And it's like, that's absolutely fine. I've got to say, he's he's a Man U player through and through, so that goes against him. But I think Roy Keane has to be the number one pundit yeah. at the moment because he yeah. pulls no punches. And, and actually, you can see in some ways why that made him poor as a manager. But actually, he's as a as a pundit, he's he's fantastic. He sort of... he He, to me, is the kid that's laughing at the Emperor in the Emperor's New Clothes. <laughs> Because at times people are like, oh, well, well it could be this or it, 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 that managerial could be that. Could be that. And he's like, yeah, he's like, no, he's, he's, he's spent half a billion and he, he, he mean, should be number one. Yeah. Well, it's interesting actually because um, we're going to have Roscoe on, on the podcast next week, a um, famous Manchester United fan. Um, he uh, messaged me well, tonight. And he's Ma- the Manchester last two United messages fan. from him. Yeah. Last two messages from him, uh, one saying tonight has been an absolute disgrace and he's more or less like doing one of those kind of shirt burning businesses. Yeah. The one before that was get Jermaine Beckford off my TV. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's quite a nice little touch there. Um, you know who I always really liked and I rued the day that I think he came back into management, which stopped it, was Martin O'Neill. Oh, yeah. I thought he was great. I thought... He he was feisty. He had that kind of like temperament, but he also proper student of the game. Like absolutely knew, knew what was going on. Yeah, 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 brilliant. No, no, agreed, agreed. I tell yeah. you who will be, make an awful pundit when he finally retires. Um, um, be, hang it, on, well, let, me, let me guess. Let me guess. Um, um, who's a moron? No, no, they're um, not a moron, but they, I can oh. guarantee they will make an absolutely awful pundit. Go, um, go on, <laughs> Marcelo Bielsa. His 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 responses will be so left field and so detailed, yeah. and they'll also be about forty five minutes long. Yeah, and be like, and what? How how do you think they scored? In you know, so quickly as that game kicked off, he'll start. Talk, the, translation, he'll start... the translation will be like, when you look into a bush of roses, <laughs> only only yeah. the eye of the specialist can can find the thorn. <laughs> yeah, but not in not in the way that Zlatan Ibrahimovic used to, like would say. Like, uh, it you. would he would genuinely be linking ideas. Uh, the last thing I want to Can, say... I'm glad you brought up it, Ibrahimovic, actually. Because the final the final um, blow of this podcast um, mm-hmm. is um, I'm just delighted for Lukaku. Um, absolutely putting Milan to the sword. Yeah. Um, Lukaku. And, and shutting, he's, 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 shutting Ibrahimovic up. He's, he's, he is he's the real deal. Can, can I tell, I'll tell you... what, proof of Man United ruining players. Can I, can I tell you, though, like, Ibrahimovic is the... I know he loves to have a, like, a little phrase here and there. I don't do auditions, but he 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 actually is the one that has my favourite ever quote of anything to do with football is from Ibrahimovic. It was when he was having a bit of a to do with John Carew, um, and John Carew had been saying some things about Ibrahimovic in the press, <laughs> and his, his response his response sorry to to John Carew was the things that he can do with the football. I can do with an orange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and and yeah, I'm assuming that wasn't sexual. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I think we need to draw yeah. this to a close because yeah, okay, this okay. has been frankly insane. No, I, I liked it. It's, it's good. It's, it's nice. It's nice to come back. Actually, ironically, we've moved in in this more chatty episode. We've moved more towards philosophy, which is quite nice. Um, I think next episode we are going to be moving. We've got a couple of topics we might move on to, but definitely having um, philosopher Ben Ferguson coming on the podcast and telling us about how we're wrong about everything. Well, you've already um, you've already asked him about his favourite chocolate bar and if he could wear any dress. What I colour would him, the dress be? No, no, no. I've said to him, um, if you had to get, if you had to watch the news at night, do you watch ITV or BBC? Yeah. I said to him, that's a good what's question. Favorite colour? Yeah. Is it gold, silver, or platinum? Yeah. yeah. I said to him, um, is your left leg wrong, longer than your right leg, or the other way around? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I said to him, do when now that you're a big boy, um, does the hair come out of your shirt sleeve at the bottom near your hand? Okay. So these are all big topics, and um, he. Um, he got back to me in letter via his solicitor, said, please cease and desist. <laughs> well, I look forward to um, that no, conversation really. next week. No, then. he's loving it. He's loving it. He can't wait to come back on. He can't wait to come back on. And what's more disturbing than that is that um, I think there's a distinct danger that in some time in the next couple of months we might be uh, going um, online uh, at a university near you to talk to some students. That is that. And if that's if you live near Warwick, and that <laughs> and that is an absolute commentary on the state of our further education system in this country. Well, I'm waiting. I'm going to. Uh, you know what? It's interesting. Is I'm going to shove um, Ben a tenner and say to him, it's going to be precisely about 45 seconds until you start crying and walk out. <laughs> if he says anything above that, he gets my tenner. You're going to turn up with all your manscape products, aren't you? <laughs> I'm going to be hocking it at the door. I'm going to be, I'm going to be, yeah, and then and and that no, that isn't slang. That is not a slang, and I'll be I'll be modelling it. I think it's only fair that if you're selling a product that you model. What is it? <laughs> so um, I'll be there with ointments and lotions and shaving. We were told um, by the actual brains of this operation, Jim, to um, <laughs> to get people to subscribe and get their friends to subscribe. I don't think this is the best episode for us to to introduce people to our podcast. Um, no. Should we bring no, use back on? Let's bring Hughes back on, and I'll. I'll how about how about this? A, a live shaving of Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I know, I know. That's that's too far, isn't it, mate? It's staying in though. Oh, well, then, side boy. It's been lovely speaking to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you're still listening, um, yeah. I, I more, mean, more luck to now you. now's the time to call the services. Because I, I also want to remind you, if you are still listening, I, I'm not a very spiritual person, but you only have a finite amount of heartbeats, and some of them have been wasted listening to this. Uh, so, it's, all, it's all right, though, because in this ludicrous existence that we, we think has meaning, it's all just... Yeah, it's pointless. Totally pointless. Going to end in oblivion and inevitable cascade failure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, nice speaking to you, take, take care of yourself, mate. Here's to entropy. Or, or don't. No. It's up to you. Yeah. Yeah, it's, don't, not, don't not people, it's not really if it's deterministic no, there's no point alright mate take care of yourself yeah tell that <laughs> <laughs> oh mate I'm stopping recording that 